Let us pray. Lord our God, in a world of many voices, we pray that we may hear your clear voice spoken to us. We pray that your Holy Spirit may descend upon us and apply your word to our hearts, however we're feeling, whatever we're going through, that we may leave this place having felt that we've met with you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have a family connection to the Salvation Army through my wife, Frances, who's sitting at the back of the service this evening. Um, Frances's late auntie, Flora, had a son, John Larson, who was actually the 17th general of the Salvation Army. And that was quite a prestigious uh, uh, connection. And so John Larson, have I got that right? Great answer, okay. And uh, he was the uh, general of the Salvation Army, so we feel we have a, a connection in that way uh, to uh, the Sally Army. And they do a wonderful work, uh, especially outside of the church in the community, and particularly with those who are most in need. And one man who was converted uh, through the Salvation Army went regularly to the Citadel, But one day he came home feeling rather disconsolate. And he uh, was asked by his wife what the matter was. And he said, well, I've noticed that all the people in the Salvation Army wear red sweaters. And I don't have a red sweater. And she said, well, I'll knit you one. So she knitted him a red sweater. And the following Sunday, she must have been quite a knitter to actually uh, knit it so quickly, went to the Citadel... And he still wasn't happy. His wife said, what's wrong this time? And he said, well, I've just noticed all the red sweaters that they were wearing had yellow writing on them. And mine hasn't got anything on it. Now, the problem was neither of them could read. But she said, well, that's all right. I'll, I'll put some writing on. And he explained what he'd seen. And uh, she embroidered some writing on, but she didn't know what to put. So she looked out and she saw some words above the shop just across the road. And she just embroidered those words in the little circle. Now, normally within the little circle, it's a yellow circle and the words within it say blood and fire. And that's the motto for the Salvation Army. The blood of Jesus and the fire of the Holy Spirit. And the man's wife had no idea uh, what those letters really were. So she just put these words on and he went to uh, uh, the citadel and came home and she said, well, did they like your sweater? He said, they loved my sweater. They thought it was fantastic. Some of them said my sweater was better than any of theirs. And uh, neither of them knew what, what the reason why. Well, apparently what she put on the sweater was, this business is under new management. Because <laughs> that's what she'd seen. And the, the people in the citadel there said they thought that was really fantastic. And he was so chuffed to have this on his uh, sweater, even though he didn't fully understand uh, why they thought it was so significant. And in a sense, 
under new management is a very, very good, perhaps, motto for what the Christian life should be all about. When someone puts their trust in Jesus, in his death and his resurrection, asks for forgiveness, seeks to change direction, uh, living not for ourselves, but for God and for other people, it's like being under new management. The authority of Jesus matters. He becomes our new boss, if you like. He's the one that gives us our direction, our inspiration, our encouragement. And we need to be guided by his Holy Spirit. And at the beginning of Acts of the Apostles, in chapter 1, verse 8, we read how the Lord Jesus, after he'd risen from the dead, gave instructions to the disciples just before he ascended into heaven. They were told, as Peter said this morning, to wait into Jerusalem for the gift of God that the Heavenly Father had promised. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then we hear in the reading that we had today that Peter read for us how ordinary men and women were turned upside down when the Holy Spirit fell upon them. The followers of Jesus became under not only new management, but had a new power within them to do things that they didn't believe were possible. And there were manifestations that God was with them, that was a witness and an assurance to them that God was at work in their hearts and their lives. And if you think about it, we're here today because of what happened on that Pentecost. If it wasn't for those ordinary uh, men and women who were touched by God in that way, who became courageous and did wonderful things and spoke about Jesus, we wouldn't be here today. It was the birth of the church. And it's the same for us today, that we're here as the church, and actually we need to be under new management, and we need the power of God within us if we're to be the people who make an impact in the world today. And we do live in a cynical world, a world where worldly power and self-sufficiency is often the name of the game. Uh, People resist being under new management because they want to be in control of their lives. They don't want to surrender to someone else. And often people uh, feel that things like uh, ambition, profit, uh, personal well-being, not for everybody, but those things are really important. And being a self-made person is the name of the game for some people. And Individualism rather than community uh, creeps in and uh, the caring for ourselves rather than giving ourselves for others as well can be something that uh, can take over our society. Well, I think we are called to be different. The management, if you like, is calling for a different operation. And yes, we... uh, need to be people who 
uh, are empowered by God rather than self-sufficient. But we need to be a people who avoid the things that I think those other things that I've mentioned uh, cause. When we are self-sufficient, when we rely on things ourselves, when we are self-made people, there are other things that creep into our lives with that. Strain and stress, worry and depression, impatience and aggression. Because when it all depends on us, we become people who fight uh, for the things of God uh, or just for our own ambition. And I believe that there are many things that creep into the world because we're not allowing God to work through us. The psychiatrist's couch is almost a symbol of an affluent, self-made society. Addictive habits and disorders hold people in bondage and destroy lives and the happiness of millions. We hear of alarming rates of suicide and marriage breakdowns and domestic violence, aggressive crime, sexual abuse. When people are motivated for their own ends and what they want to achieve, rather than having the agenda set by somebody else, The West may be successful, but it also contains many lives which are difficult and empty. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's like that at all, but I do believe if we allow God to take over our lives, then actually something alternative can come about. If you like, it could be that we are a spiritually bankrupt society. And if we are spiritually bankrupt, what happens is we need a bailout. (laughs) And when uh, there are bailouts in the commercial world, usually that means you bring in new management. And that's, I think, what I'm wanting to, to, uh, to think about this evening. The Holy Spirit coming is a way, in a sense, of God being at work in our lives that inspires us and directs us, heals us, encourages us to enable us to avoid some of those symptoms of a society which is independent and self-sufficient. I think it's a tragedy today that many people are looking for spiritual things outside of the church. It's almost as though uh, they feel that there's something missing in the church, that there isn't a spirituality in the church, that they have to go elsewhere for things. And yet, after Pentecost, uh, the Christian church oozed with spirituality. It was unmistakably a part of the Christian community. Now, I'm not saying that's true with all, all churches, but there is a sense that even in the church... We can be people who struggle on our own. It's been a bit of a theme recently with some of our our, uh, reflections that we become people who try to do everything ourselves rather than let God work through us. And I think the significance of Pentecost was something happened that they weren't expecting. They were waiting for a gift But if you like, the the tongues that fell upon them, the fire that fell upon them, was something that wasn't really expected in that way. And yet, it was evident that something 
knew was happening, and it was an encouragement. The church is said to be impotent without the breath of God, the spirit of God. A lady went to a jeweler and found that uh, she needed to have a a watch fixed, and uh, the gentleman went behind the counter and then came back again, and he said that it was uh, running perfectly now. And uh, she said, I don't see how you can have fixed it so quickly. It just didn't work. And he told her that it just needed a new battery. Battery, she said. Battery. Nobody said anything about a battery. I've been winding it every morning. (laughs) (laughs) There is a sense that unless we understand how we're meant to work, (laughs) we can be winding things up cranking things up in our lives, trying to do it, and just finding that somehow something's not working. And yet, it seems simplistic, but actually the power source for the Christian life is actually to be open to the Spirit of Jesus, actually energizing us from within and giving us what we need. And a lot of Christians don't realize that that's actually available to us. Or at least we need to be reminded. And sometimes in our services, we simply need to not be listening to lots and lots of words, but just be still and to allow God just to infuse our lives, just to fill our lives with his presence rather than just words. Remember what the disciples saw Uh, um, when they saw Jesus for the last time, he told them, wait in Jerusalem and they would receive. That idea about waiting on God and receiving. And then you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. When we receive from God, he enables us to be what he wants us to be. I once heard uh, J. John Uh, the evangelist uh, used an illustration which I find very helpful. In fact, I can't tell it as he tells it. If you uh, uh, want to Google it, uh, at some time you'll find the illustration there, just putting car of your life. But he he talks about the Christian life being rather like a a car. He says, uh, if you uh, think about it this way, uh, we need to invite Christ into the car And he says, do you want Christ in your car? (laughs) And uh, you say, of course, I'm a Christian. I want uh, Christ to journey with me. And he said, well, where is he in the car? He says, for many Christians, uh, we invite Christ in. We put him in the boot. We drive him to church. When we get to church, we let him out. We have a wonderful time uh, with the Lord And then we put him back in the boot (laughs) and we drive back home. And it's as though that time spent with with him is whilst we're at church. And then he says the discerning of you will say, oh, no, I don't do that. I invite Christ into the car with me. But he says, where in the car is he? If he's a passenger, is he in the back seat? And he says, I know what you're going to say. A discerning person will say, oh, no, no, no. He's in the front seat. 
of the car with me. And he said, but who's driving? And then he said, ah, well, you might say, well, I've invited Jesus into the car of my life, and I'm going to let him drive. And he says, but then are you a backseat driver? Uh, when you're going along the road, he says, you're going down the road of generosity, for example. Uh, are you allowing him to take you along the road of generosity, but you say, I don't want to be generous, so you grab the wheel? Or are you going down the road of forgiveness, and you say, I don't really want to be uh, going down the road of forgiveness, and are you grabbing the wheel or explaining where you really want to go as a backseat driver? And what he's trying to say in that illustration is that we often say that we want to journey with Christ. We want to be full of his spirit, but we still want to direct our lives. We still want to be the people really who are in charge. And the wonderful thing about what happened at Pentecost is that the Holy Spirit overcame them. They were possessed with the spirit, if you like, the spirit of love, of power, of joy. Uh, they were able to articulate. These were ordinary people who were just overtaken. They became under new management. And the question is, do we really want the life that Christ has for us? Do we want to be possessed by love? Do we really want to be possessed by the fruit of the Spirit of joy and peace? Because if we do, then that will mean changes. And part of the Spirit uh, of Christ is to go where the wind blows rather than resist where the wind is taking us. And then we have that passage from Corinthians, which was talking about the gifts of the Spirit, that we all have uh, spiritual gifts if we're open to being used by God. But do we use those gifts under the direction of the new management? Many of us feel we've got nothing to offer, and yet God thinks otherwise. We all have gifts that we can use for him. Some of them are mentioned in that passage, but there's a whole variety of gifts that we are given. And every one of you here, I believe, has a God-given gift to use for the kingdom. It might not be extraordinary, it might be very ordinary, but in his hands, it becomes extraordinary. John 16, verse 7, Jesus said, but I tell you the truth, it is good for you to know that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Pentecost is all about the fact that the counselor, the gift has been sent. Are we ready to receive? And are we prepared to allow the new management to take over? It doesn't mean we throw our wills away. But it means that we, through the Spirit, align our will to his will so that his will may be done. Let's not struggle on our own. Rather, let us be empowered by the Spirit of God. Amen.